Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for the GNFCC 400 Insider. Connect, build, and grow with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the September Wellstar Chamber Luncheon Series. I'm Alan Najar with Smith & Howard, and it's my pleasure to serve as your chamber's chairman of the board this year. Thank you for joining us for this virtual event. Before we get started with today's program, I want to recognize and thank our luncheon series naming sponsor by calling on Lindsay Petrini, the Chief Operating Officer of Well Stars North Fulton Hospital. Lindsay is also your chamber's incoming chairman of the board for 2021. Lindsay, welcome, and the microphone is yours. All right. Thank you so much, Alan. So, um, I wanted to remind everyone, uh, it feels like because of COVID-19, we have been in a, uh, a flu season forever, but it is actually flu season, and it is time for all of us to get our flu shots, and so I just wanted to remind everybody the importance of doing that specifically this year and let you know that Wellstar is holding flu clinics um, at specific um, locations on extended hours on Saturdays from nine until noon, where you can come in and get your flu shot, including our Wellstar Avalon Health Park, our health park in East Cobb, um, and our health park over in Cherokee. So just ones that are around um, this this vicinity, you can go in and get your flu shot. Um, there, uh, there are a lot of similarities uh, between COVID-19 and the flu. There are some differences uh, most notably the taste and smell that, that goes along with having COVID-19. But um, if you are experiencing symptoms, you need to go to an urgent care and get, get tested, not just for COVID-19, but also for the flu. So remember, it is flu season, and I can't encourage you enough to take the time, whether you do it at Wellstar or at any location, to get your flu shot. It uh, is the season. So thank you, Alan. Thank you again, Lindsay, and, and thank you to Wellstar for your continued support of our chamber with your sponsorship of the 2020 Chamber Luncheon Series. Next, we'll hear a few remarks from today's presenting sponsor, the North Fulton CID. I'd like to ask the CID CEO, Brandon Beach, and my friend, and your senator from State District 21, where he has been your senator since 2013 to say a few words. And Brandon, feel free to talk about anything except the LSU football game. This <laughs> that, was not a, that was not a fun Saturday night or Saturday, but uh, thank you, Alan, for your leadership. And we're proud to sponsor this uh, uh, series or this lunch today. And thank you, Lindsay, for your sponsorship of the series. And really, I want to thank you for what you do as far as the, the jobs you create at the hospital and your new facility over there on Old Milton Thank you for your investment in North Fulton. Um, and uh, again, Alan, thank you for your leadership. Just real quick, our uh, CID was founded 17 years ago. It's hard to believe 2003 It was the very first initiative we took on as a board when I became CEO of the chamber. We needed to build Westside Parkway. So we created the CID and we since have over the 17 years invested $18 million, but we've seen a $91 million return on that investment. So it's been a great, great partnership. And we, when we founded the CID, we, were, we brought it into the chamber to keep our expenses low so we could spend money on infrastructure. And we've just had a great relationship with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce ever since. And we kind of feel, even though we're separate entities, that we're joined at the hip because we have such common goals. We want good infrastructure, good schools, and jobs. 
and, and we want to keep our, our partners in the CID, our members, we want to keep our real estate full. And the way to do that is have uh, good jobs. And that's what we want to thank Callie for what she does and, uh, and, and keeping uh, North Fulton looking good. And we, we feel like we're partners with the chamber and the chamber's the voice for economic development. I also would tell you, we have a small staff, just Kristen, Alex, and I, we have some consultants, but we, we I think, get a lot of things done. One project I would like to just point out that we're going to have a ribbon cutting for on November 17th is the new triple F lanes on Windward. Um, and I want to invite you, Representative Tanner, I know it's a long ways to come, but if you'd like to come, it's on uh, 9 o'clock on the November 17th that morning for uh, we're going to do a ribbon cutting in person, not a Zoom ribbon cutting. Because uh, we're really proud of this project, it's going to help with mobility and, and reduce congestion in that uh, windward corridor. So we're proud of that. One last thing I would say is I just I know the governor's coming up to see you, Kevin. He just saw us. We were at Lake Lanier Islands this morning. I just got back from our caucus Senate caucus retreat. He tells us the pipeline's fuller than it's ever been on economic development. That is good news, and a lot of that, Griff, is to your your credit in that. I know that port continues to grow even during COVID-19. And with us being a logistics hub, uh, it's really helped us. So thank you uh, for what the chamber does. And we're just happy to sponsor it. We're here to help you and be continue to be joined at the hip with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Thank you. Brandon, thank you very much. We certainly appreciate the North Fulton CID's tremendous investment in our chamber and in this community and your continued support of our events. I personally appreciate your leadership and all that you do for North Fulton County. Also want to recognize our goal sponsors for today's program, Access Companies, Georgia Power, and Select Fulton. Also want to thank our media sponsor, John Ray and North Fulton Business Radio X. And John is recording the session today. For those of you that didn't take notes and want to listen, you'll have another swing at it. Now on with our program. It's my pleasure today to introduce our moderator and one of our gold sponsors, Samir Abdullahi. Samir serves as the deputy director for Select Fulton, which is Fulton County's economic development initiative. In this role, Samir manages the economic development project teams in addition to the workforce development division of Fulton County. His roles include recruiting new jobs and capital investment for the county, preparing incentive packages and directing Fulton County's $3.2 million Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act funding. Samir, thank you so much for sponsoring our event today and for serving as the moderator as we learn more about transportation in Georgia from the ports to the perimeter. Samir, take it away. Thank you, Alan, and thank you for that introduction. Um, typically with these things, I'm between uh, you and lunch, uh, I think in the in the case of Representative Tanner, I'm between him and the governor, so uh, I will make sure to be brief in my remarks. Uh, before I introduce uh, our esteemed panel today, I did want to take a brief second to, to just introduce and go over uh, some of the efforts that Select Fulton has taken on. Um, as Alan mentioned, we are the Economic and Workforce Development Initiative for Fulton County. We're actually comprised of three separate organizations. So we have the Development Authority of Fulton County, which is led by our CEO and President Al Nash, um, many of you are familiar with and sits on Brandon's board, um, well-known in the North Fulton and Fulton community and sits on Greta and others. Um, that's our main incentive arm, and that's where we help um, large CapEx projects help to locate here in Fulton County. 
Um, our middle team, our economic development team, really focuses on marketing and promotions and also bringing companies inbound here to Fulton County. So with the development authorities helping that develop that real estate get out of the ground, we're helping to plug that company into, into that building. And then the last leg that we stand on is our workforce development arm, so our WIOA funds. Um, and that serves Fulton County minus the city of Atlanta, where we turn um, underserved or underskilled individuals and help them um, plan and execute on that next career trajectory. Um, as many of you are aware in the field of economic development, one of those big driving factors now um, is not necessarily incentives or real estate, but chasing talent, making sure we have a qualified talent base um, for all these great companies that we're helping to recruit. Um, and I think Georgia's done a great job in that with, with um, our stellar universities and great K-12 system. Um, I'd like to always take the tax um, the time, especially when I'm speaking in front of groups, to, to be a big cheerleader of Fulton County and to remind people um, of what a blessing it is to be in such a, a great and dynamic county. Um, county government can be difficult to be a, a proponent and cheerleader of, but I think, uh, again, um, focusing in on the community and what the community represents is, is monumental. So looking at the 29-county metro region, so that's what we consider metro Atlanta. Fulton County represents only one in six residents out of that 29-county metro region. But we represent one in three jobs and 40% of all wages. I mean, we are the economic engine of the metro Atlanta region. That's why we brand ourselves. Metro Atlanta starts here. So um, I always take a sense and pride of, of the depth and breadth of economic activity that happens here and just encourage um, you as, as chamber members and community members to have that same uh, enthusiasm and spirit as well. Um, we do focus on traditional industries like the state. Um, it's a diversity of industries, everything from logistics and supply chain, headquarters, regional headquarters, to so global commerce, life science and health IT, obviously is very big in North Fulton, film and entertainment, and that includes digital entertainment, gaming and others, and fintech. Those are kind of our big industry focuses. Um, Brandon was talking about um, how great the state of the economy is for Georgia, uh, and I would second that. Um, the pipeline activities continue to be strong highlighting just some recent wins in North Fulton um, alone. Inspire Brands came last year, invested $32 million, 1,100 uh, jobs invested down there at the old um, Glen Lake um, Center where Newell Rubbermaid had, had relocated from. But a recent announcement during COVID, Deluxe Corp located in Sandy Springs, 709 jobs. It's going to be their ward headquarters for their FinTech and Customer Service Center. And as you know, Georgia 400 has been labeled that fintech quarter. 80% of all credit card transactions in the U.S. pass through there. So continue to see a strong draw of fintech companies. And then just for Fulton County as a whole, um, Microsoft landing at Atlantic Yards there in front of Atlantic Station. $75 million investment, 1,500 jobs created. And I think more importantly, the largest U.S. lease announced in the United States during the COVID-19 pandemic. So again, I think... Um, what we're hearing in the economic development channels is Georgia continues and Atlanta continues to be a strong draw for companies, especially as this decentralization from strong urban centers um, is happening with workers and individuals. I think Georgia will benefit from that. North Fulton will continue to benefit from that. Um, and so thankful to be a part of that, um, um, those efforts. Uh, that'll kind of close out my remarks, talking enough about us. But if you want to learn more about us, um, you can go to selectfultoncounty.com. Um, and learn a little bit about, more about um, what we're up to. But uh, enough about me. I'll talk about uh, and introduce our esteemed panel that we have today. Um, again, we're doing a focus around transportation um, and really the focus around Georgia's transportation system and why it's so vital to the state's growing economy. I mean, I think in addition to some recent positive news, we'll hear from Griff out of the port um, that, that hopefully we'll hear. Um, we also have the architects uh, of HB 170 that's really enabled us 
to fund the modernization of transportation here in Georgia. Also, the ATL bill, which has enabled us to, to have transit connectivity. I don't think uh, Senator Beach wants to ride from Cobb to Gwinnett on transit anymore to prove a point. Your point is well taken. Um, and I suspect there's some more on the horizon. So looking forward to hear some more about that. And then um, just lastly, a, a point of personal privilege. Um, as a government person myself, uh, I'll say this is a great reminder of why I appreciate public service and civic service. I mean, it's leaders like our panelists today that help to complement the private sector and, and our partners there and helping to make Georgia the one place in which to do business seven years in a row. And at some point, they're just going to have to say, what other states are like Georgia instead of just calling us the number one state to do business? So um, I want to thank each of them for joining us today. And I'll introduce our first panelist, uh, Griff Lynch, who's the executive director of the Georgia Ports Authority, a 1,300-person strong uh, state court authority that owns and operates the strategic gateway serving the U.S. Southeast. As executive director, he oversees all port activity involving the deepwater ports of Savannah, Brunswick, as well as inland terminals in Bainbridge and Murray County, Georgia. Directing one of Georgia's largest economic engines, Lynch manages a budget of revenue, um, operating revenues of $425 million. Um, a proven leader in the maritime industry, he brings his 30 years of experience here in Savannah, implementing um, and designing major port expansions. He has an effective execution style um, for sustainable and profit models. Griff, you've had some great numbers announced in the Business Chronicle this morning. I keep mentioning that. So um, I think this this group would be very interested to hear not only what your plans for 2020 were pre-COVID, but uh, where you see the port headed short, long-term and what it means for us um, in Georgia. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Samir. Uh, just just real quick for those who, who don't know, I'll just give a quick, quick summary of who we are and what we do, and, and then hit into the numbers that you've described there. So so the Georgia ports, uh, thanks to all the great things that are happening in Georgia, uh, we are the third largest U.S. port complex as it relates to containerized freight. We also have a very large railroad facility in Brunswick. Um, we claim to fame this year, thanks again to the farmers out there and, and the exporters, we are the largest ag exporter effective uh, for, the, for the second half of uh, calendar year 2000 and, and um, really our fiscal year, but first half of the calendar year 20. And then we're the largest export port in the same period of time. So really good things are happening. I know you're referencing August numbers where we were up uh, just about 1%. We came in at 441,000 TUs, 20-foot equivalent units. And we had a record intermodal cargo. So that's the rail freight was a record number at 49,400 containers. So, so really good things happening. And then even last year with COVID, we were on a, we were on a just an incredible pace and we were going to set a new annual record, but as we all know, COVID hit in March and, and that time frame. And for those last three or four months of the year, we were down 10%, but, uh, but still, even with that, we were off by just 1% for last year on the freight. And, uh, August was a great month this past August. We're looking at September being a very strong month for September and October should be the same as well, uh, should be strong as well. So we're seeing some good things happening. Strategic project wise, I know that was something you wanted me to touch on. We've got mega railroad building and I know that's going to tie into some of the comments from, from Senator Beach today and Representative Tanner trying to support increased rail freight throughout the state and throughout the Southeast. Our goal is to really uh, create greater velocity for cargo to reach its destination so it can get to the consumers and also to take trucks off the road to the extent we can. And 
When we look at the new rail facility we built two years ago, Inland Port, at the ARP, you referenced it in Murray County, the Appalachian Regional Port, that was projected to have about 20,000 to 25,000 containers. This year, we'll exceed 30,000. And while our growth is fairly small right now, the ARP overall is up 96% for August. So incredible things happening on that side. So we're really excited about what the future holds there. And it's also motivating us to look at other locations like Northeast Georgia and West Central Georgia that I know we'll talk about in short order. Additionally, SHEP, the Savannah Harbor Expansion Program, is um, is 76% complete now. We're taking our depth of the Savannah River from 42 feet to 47 feet. And what that means for Georgians is that we can handle approximately 1,000 more containers per vessel. And that will allow our exporters to move more cargo through our ports in a more efficient manner. So that's great. Long-term, we're now currently looking at some new land uh, for a brand new facility that we'll build in the coming decade, let's call it five to seven years, the Savannah Container Terminal on Hutchinson Island. That We're in the planning stages right now. That's a massive project, probably one and a half to two billion dollars. So our kind of assets and our capital are focused on that and committed to that in addition to some of the projects I mentioned. As it relates to Fulton County, we're, we're so blessed to have the support in Atlanta and, and the various counties there. But recently, we completed our economic uh, study through the college, the Terry College School of Business. And, and this isn't even officially announced yet, but I'll say it here on this call. Instead of the 400,000 jobs that we normally talk about that we touch throughout the state, we now are at 500,000. So it's it's up 13 percent from the 2017 study. And uh of that, an amazing number, and you, to, to tie into your point, Samir, 91,000 of those jobs are in Fulton County. So it's a, Fulton County has a massive impact on the ports, and, and we can't do it without you. Um, types of cargo that we're handling, our top import cargo, we're talking about retail consumer goods, especially now with e-commerce really exploding as a result of COVID, the Amazon, the Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, these are the types of things that are coming in addition to machinery, appliances, white goods, washers and dryers, furniture, automotive parts, and things like this. And then on the export side, a lot of Georgia products, we mentioned the agriculture, the, the forest products, the paperboard, paper, the proteins, the meat and the poultry and kaolin clay and, and other types of things like this. So, And we've also got finished goods going out like Mercedes-Benz moving through our ports, Kia, the finished goods there on our Roro side. So so a lot of good things to report there. Um, again, I just say that uh, COVID, I think in conclusion, I know I just have a few minutes, I'll just say what, what the pandemic has done for the port and for us has helped us realize that, that the world is changing. We're moving from a, a just-in-time logistic solution to a just-in-case. So because... So the supply chain had slowed down during the pandemic and goods were not readily available. What we see now is the importers are saying, hey, I need to have a little bit more inventory or maybe in some cases a lot more than what I planned on. So part of our growth and our success recently has been attributed to the restocking or inventory buildup to support uh, e-commerce and to protect against some of the things that we we recently experienced. And then the other part is the economy. And it was mentioned by uh, Senator Beach. 
is stronger than expected. I mean, we're doing pretty well, especially in Georgia with the leadership we have in Georgia with the governor and the, and the, and the folks that are on this call. It's great to see these, these wonderful things happening. So I've, I'm open for questions. Samir, I don't want to take everybody else's time. And so I'll pass it back to you. Uh, thank you, Griff. Uh, and we'll come back towards the end, um, I think, for questions. Um, and I'll second, uh, especially on the e-commerce side of things in South Fulton, um, we were already kind of going gangbusters before with 600,000 million square foot facilities. Um, obviously, they want to come closer and closer into communities to do that shorter time delivery. And so now we're seeing smaller 100,000, 150,000 square foot facilities. So um, another part of the economic engine of, of Fulton County. Um, and thanks for for speaking so well on the port. I know in economic development in, in Metro Atlanta, I think a lot of the times we get lost in the airport and how glitzy and glamoury the, the buildings are and forget how monumental and instrumental um, the port is in helping us to, to move goods throughout the state and, and outside the state. So um, thank you for all your work on that. Um, I'd like to introduce our next panelist, um, who's no stranger to many of you. Um, Georgia Senator Brandon Beach um, has been a principal advocate of North Fulton and North Atlanta uh, for many years. Elected to the Senate in 2013, representing District 21, which includes portions of Cherokee and Fulton County, Senator Brandon Beach serves as the chairman of the Transportation Committee, as well as a member of the Economic Development and Tourism, Higher Education Rules, and MARTOC committees. Um, In 2001, Governor Senator Perdue announced um, Senator uh, Brandon Beach and put him on the board of Greta the Georgia Regional Transportation Authority. In 2011, Senator Beach served as the chairman of the Public-Private Partnership Committee, the P3 Committee, on the Georgia Department of Transportation Board. And under his leadership of the P3 Committee, was able to acquire local key local transportation projects approved for Cherokee and North Fulton, there as he represents. He also mentioned he served as president and CEO of the Greater North Fulton Chamber of, for 15 years and really helped to build um, um, collaboration. Excuse me, I've got a fire alarm going off. Um, and I'll quickly kick it over to, uh, to Senator, then maybe to, to have your opening remarks as I go meet this. Hey, thank you, Samir. And I want to first thank Griff Lynch for what you do down in Savannah. And we're lucky to have him. He's the number one guy in that industry. And we're, we're just blessed to have you at the state of Georgia uh, running our ports. Um, and I also want to thank Chairman Tanner. This is his last session. And I just want to point of personal privilege, say, you know, Chairman, I, I can't thank you enough for all you've done for transportation for our state and how, what a great pleasure it has been to work with you. Um, you know, when we worked on that ATL bill together, you did an awesome job. So um, thank you very much. And we appreciate all you've done. You know, as uh, Alan said, I went to LSU and I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I, I can tell you, I do know a couple things. And I know one thing is Government does not create jobs. The private sector does. But what we as government can do is create a conducive environment through tax policy, less regulation, educated workforce, and infrastructure investment. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The other thing I know is that there is a direct correlation between infrastructure investment and economic development and job job creation. I think Griff can attest to that from the investment we've made in the ports and what you've done down there what you're doing with that Jimmy Mason rail yard, which is going to help create jobs. And, and, and I really think that's going to kind of create a railroad renaissance, if you want. I, I think we have an opportunity as the state of Georgia to really do something special in this freight and logistics and, and bring the railroads back uh, to prosperity, even though I know they do well. But we, we, uh, we need to get that uh, rail freight up from 17% up to 30 35%. Um, you know, when you look at our state, we have three economic engines. We've got 
uh, Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. We've got the World Congress Center that has convention business, and, and we've got the Mercedes-Benz Stadium that has Super Bowls and SEC championships. But really, then we have the Port of Savannah and, and the ports. And I would tell you, during COVID, the ports have continued to grow double digits, and we're proud of what they're doing. And, and I'm very proud of what Kevin and I and, and, and the previous chairman, Steve Gooch and Jay Roberts, have done on transportation. From House Bill 170, we addressed it. We addressed funding. And we are the envy of the Southeast on that. Uh, and thank God we did pass that, because if we wouldn't have passed House Bill 170, we wouldn't have the money to cut the grass in between the interstates, much less build new infrastructure, um, number one. Uh, number two, then Kevin and I tackled the ATL, the, the regional transit, because we knew it was tough to cross jurisdictional lines on transit, and that was uncalled for. And Samir kind of talked about the trip I took from Gwinnett over to, I mean, from Cobb to Gwinnett and uh, and how long it took. And, took, and we've, we've made drastic improvements on that so you can cross jurisdictional lines. And now Kevin and I, we will have to report to both the the speaker and the lieutenant governor will have to deliver a report by December 2nd. We will wrap up our final meeting and deliver a report on recommendations and funding mechanisms on freight and logistics, because we got to continue to figure out how we're going to move freight and logistics. And I do think we can lead on this and be kind of the leader for the United States on how we come up with a plan to move freight from the ports in through Atlanta. And I got to tell you, I'll admit, when I first looked at this, I thought we were the freight and logistics capital of the Southeast. But since we've been working on this, I realized we're really the freight and logistics capital of the Eastern Seaboard. I was shocked at how, where some of the product that comes out of Griff's facility, where it goes. And we've got to make sure we can get it there in an efficient way. And we can't, uh, we got to figure out how to get 18 wheelers and, and truck traffic through the, the metro area. So, uh, we're going to come up with a plan. Uh, we've got some bright minds on it. Uh, Chairman Tanner had an idea, and I, I supported him on it. We came up with a subcommittee to look at funding, and it's Russell McMurray, Griff Lynch, um, Brad Skinner from Nomni Tracks, and uh, Mar- Matt Markham, uh, who is now with uh, DOT. But uh, they're looking at, at ideas they're going to bring back to the Freight Logistics Commission and hopefully we'll be able to come up with some ideas. But if we're going to continue, as Griff said, it, it, we have a changing world. I mean, when I worked out of my house during um, kind of the COVID knock, lockdown, I mean, I would see that Amazon truck in my subdivision five times a day. So, and now my wife just thinks that happens by accident. They just happen to deliver our package. We have to educate the public. There's a freight and logistics component to it. it comes into the port goes to a distribution center, gets repacked, and then goes out and gets to your house to the final destination. But it takes investment for us to continue to do that. And again, there is a direct, and I want to say this again, and then I'll turn it over back to Samir to turn it over to Chairman Tanner. There's a direct correlation between infrastructure investment and economic development and jobs. And you look at what we did for the Kia plant. Uh, I mean, there's several uh, uh, examples of how when you you know, invest in infrastructure, jobs will follow. So uh, we're going to continue to invest in infrastructure and be a leader on that. Uh, and, and I'll continue to be a champion as long as I'm chairman of the Transportation Committee in the Senate. So with that, I'll turn it over and then we'll uh, let uh, Chairman Tanner speak and then we'll do some questions. Thank you all. Uh, thank you, State Senator Brandon Beach. Uh, appreciate that. And I apologize for uh, a little fire alarm uh, 
Thank you, Trevor, here. Um, I'll kick it off to our next speaker um, and our third panelist for today, uh, Georgia State Representative Kevin Tanner, uh, who's serving as his third term as state um, representative for District 9, which includes Lumpkin County and parts of Dawson and Forsyth counties. Representative Tanner serves as the chairman of the House Transportation Committee and is a member of several other committees, including the um, in the House, including the Appropriations, Education, Special Rules, Natural Resources, and the Intergovernmental Coordination Committee. He also chairs the House Transit Funding and Governance Committee and has served on several special study committees. Uh, thank you, Representative Tanner, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'll, like Chairman Beach said, at the end of this uh, year, I'll complete my fourth term in the General Assembly and uh, we'll uh, be ending my time there is, uh, in the House, but it's been one of the greatest pleasures of my life being able to serve and get to know some of the folks on this panel. Um, I want to echo what Chairman Beach said. I want to thank Griff for his work at the port um, and for his work on the Freight Logistics Commission for the last two years. Uh, we've got a great partnership between the port, uh, GDOT, uh, Chairman Beach and myself and others, uh, and I don't think we would be in the shape we're in today if it wasn't for those types of partnerships. We're all working together for the same goals uh, and to move our state forward, and it's been a great pleasure of mine to be able to work for Ch with Chairman Beach for the last several years. Uh, we've taken on some heavy issues in the General Assembly over the last decade. Uh, you know, Georgia was really uh, behind the eight ball in a lot of ways in transportation a decade ago um, from House Bill 170, uh, which those of us who've been around long enough recall was really built on something that was tried and failed with uh, the TIA regions. Uh, they've been successful in a few key areas, but uh, we knew we had to do something. And uh, the committee traveled the state and met and listened and talked and built community awareness and public awareness and as a result of that, House Bill 170 was passed. It's been very successful. Uh, Chairman Beach and I have also, like you said, had a great opportunity to work on the ATL, which is continuing to pay dividends. Uh, as you know, Gwinnett County is out now for a vote, uh, the first county to have a countywide vote for a one-cent tax uh, to fund transit in a pretty big way. So we're looking forward to that. But uh, Chairman Beach and I have talked a lot over the years, and we knew that we needed to shift, shift our focus to freight. Um, you know, Griff's doing such an amazing job down at Port, uh, but it's creating all those opportunities have created some issues and some challenges throughout the state because that freight comes in to Savannah. But Griff can correct me, but 60 some odd percent of that's final destination is the metro Atlanta region. So that's going to Henry County. That's going to Fulton County. Uh, for Scythe County and other communities around the metro area, which is creating some freight bottlenecks. So uh, Chairman Beach and I created a, a, some legislation that passed creating the Freight Logistics Commission. I guess that's been three years ago now. Last year, we traveled the state. We wanted to know what are the real issues uh, facing freight logistics. Uh, and we identified, I believe, four or five um, and then this year, we focused on how are we going to solve each of those problems. So our first meeting since uh, uh, kind of the COVID shutdown we had a couple of weeks ago, we focused on something that you said in the beginning of the segment here is workforce. You know, workforce is an issue in all of our businesses, but it's also an issue in the freight logistics community. Now, we were down in Savannah last year um, having one of our committee meetings and the 
person in charge of moving freight in and out of the Kia plant at West Point, I asked him the question, what keeps you up at night? What's your biggest concern? And he said, uh, not having enough truck drivers because we have to have 700 tractor and trailers delivered every single day to our facility and finding workforce is the biggest challenge. And I think as a business owner uh, and those of us in the business community know that's the biggest challenge for all of us. So we're focused on um, at our next meeting on October uh, the 14th, we're focused on workforce. Uh, How can we improve and, and get workforce in the freight logistics industry? One of the other things that we looked at, and Chairman Beach hit on this earlier, uh, we've got to be able to increase our ability to move more freight by rail. Uh, So we're looking at rail infrastructure. How can we as a state help spur additional rail infrastructure from the private sector and from the public sector? Georgia isn't allowed to invest in rail because of our Constitution and the gratuities clause. So we're looking at what can we do? Uh, how can we improve our rail infrastructure investment? Uh, and then the biggest question is going to be talked about on November 10th, and all these meetings are taking place at the Capitol, but, and they're all open to the public, both through video conference and through in-person meetings. But on November 10th, we're going to talk about heavy uh, infrastructure investment. You know, even though we invested a great deal of money, a billion dollars a year through House Bill 170, uh, it's still not enough. We still, as a growing state, we still need more dollars in infrastructure investment. Uh, depending on uh, the numbers you look at, that number's around $3 billion a year more that the state needs to spend uh, to be able to really grow and do the things we need to do. Um, that's a big number. So it's going to be a challenge. We're going to be talking about that the rest of this year and specifically on November 10th. Then we're going to have our wrap-up meeting on December 2nd. We're going to bring all these ideas together and we're going to be putting together a report that we can deliver to leadership in the House and Senate and to the governor. And it's uh, our hope, and I know it's Chairman Beach's hope, and, and I'm looking forward to watching Chairman Beach lead on this issue uh, next year, uh, is that uh, we're able to pass a comprehensive bill next session that really leads us into the future around freight logistics. Uh, Chairman Beach said this, the state for the last decade has led in transit and with House Bill 170 with other bills, and we need to lead in this freight conversation um, and be able to continue to open up the state. Uh, I want to say this, I want to thank the Georgia Chamber and the North Fulton uh, Chamber and other chambers across the state because they're helping us in a partnership to really raise public awareness that's going to be important. We're going to have to explain to the public why these extra dollars are needed, uh, why it's important to focus on freight. Uh, like Chairman Beat says, all of us order things. Uh, we get things shipped to us, but we don't understand that that increases traffic on our highways. That means that we're going to have to have more infrastructure. Places like Henry County, for instance, is experiencing a large number of bottlenecks. We call them freight bottlenecks. Those are going to have to be improved. So, uh, Fulton County seeing those also with all your growth. Uh, that means we're going to spend some dollars. So looking forward to continuing to work on those issues as we finish out this year. Again, I appreciate my fellow uh, commission members, Griff and Chairman Beach. Uh, it's been a great pleasure co-chairing this with Chairman Beach. I look forward to continuing to work on him to get this across the finish line. Thank you, Representative Tanner. Um, and I encourage anyone, if you haven't submitted a question uh, through the Q&A portion, uh, please do so now. You'll see that at the, at the top of your screen there. 
Um, I will second the the piece around freight traffic. We've worked um, and supported through the Aerotropolis Alliance in South Fulton through the ARC to get a great a grant for a freight study plan. Because uh, as you mentioned, um, Representative Tanner, not only do we have issues on the, the interstates and highways, but also on a lot of the surface streets, uh, finding to get from all these great facilities, e-commerce facilities that we're helping to build, how do we kind of get them through to where they need to go to connect to the interstate thoughtfully without creating um, cumbersome and additional traffic that's disruptive to residents who who then kind of pile on and say, we're not really into to this type of development about finding that coexistence. So hopeful uh, we, we solve not only the, the state roadways, but also help us on the local side as well, managing some of this growth as well. Um, just while we're on transportation, I'd be remiss again uh, to not mention that Fulton County did fund uh, TSPLOS back in 2017, where we're funding a billion dollars in the ground uh, across both transit and transportation here in Fulton County in partnership with the city of Atlanta to do all types of um, enhancements to roadways, whether that's widening, improving signal infrastructure, better connectivities between the cities and better connectivities to, to state um, highways and roadways. So um, that investment has already occurred in Fulton County. And, been, and I think there's an expectation and hope um, going forward that we look at some additional funding for both transportation and transit. I'm just pivoting here quickly to, to some of the questions that I see um, coming through. Some are a little specific, um, um, but we'll see if we can get uh, some general answers for them. Um, one is a business owner in North Fulton who's really having challenges around getting the, the product lines, and I think on a timely manner, and being able to con- communicate that thoughtfully um, to customers. I think there's there's challenges around the import delivery side of things and obviously back orders in the port. I don't know, Griff, if you can speak to, I know there are a lot of clearly environmental factors that are limiting uh, abilities for things to get in and get out um, and what countries are allowing and not, if you can speak on that a little bit. Well, what, what's happened in our industry globally is the, uh, with, with the advent of the pandemic, the ocean carriers who there's 11, essentially about 11 global ocean carriers have, reduce the number of vessel services they have calling in very in many trade lanes. And the Asia, the Pacific, Europe and Asia to the largest trade lane, uh, especially serving Savannah. So we have less vessel calls each week. And what's happened in Asia at Origin, where a lot of our imports originate, there's a backlog of freight that's not getting on vessels. And then that transpires into the ocean freight rates are increasing significantly. That's not a necessarily anything that we can control. It's concerning for, for, I think, the supply chain as a whole and for the consumers because I think, as that owner had described, they're probably having difficulties with timing of delivery from origin. Once the freight arrives here in Savannah or in Brunswick, we're quickly moving it through our facilities. But um, I think that, that there was certainly an overreaction at first, I think many thought it was the right thing to do, but now what's happening is the ocean carriers are essentially in a very profitable state and they don't want to add a whole bunch of capacity and have those ocean freight rates go down. Is that right? I'm not saying it's right or justified, but that's what's happening in the world. And it's causing a backlog in the supply chain. There are ports in China, Vietnam, and, and the Indian subcontinent being backed up as, as a result. I believe we're going to start seeing an end to that. We happen to be in the peak season. So we had the inventory buildup and the peak holiday season arrive at the same time. 
And as we get past October, I think those issues should settle down, hopefully. And I also am hearing uh, of ocean carriers starting to re-implement their normal services back in place. Thank you, Griff. Um, and I've heard on you know national public radio that there's a lot of challenges with just the the labor that are on board a lot of these um, shipping containers and their ability to kind of get on and off at ports. And uh, their contracts are going from six months to twelve months to eighteen months, and the impact yes. that's having on um, their ability to kind of carry out um, just the worker functions of these and recruit um, new members. Um, so yeah, absolutely. But I, and I, and I, if I could, I do want to thank uh, Chairman Tanner and Chairman Peach because I, I don't think I mentioned my opening comments. You know, the Freight Logistics Commission was is, is exactly on the state side all about making sure the work, those things don't happen in Georgia, the workforce development, the transportation solutions. So it's great to have all the stakeholders and key stakeholders kind of talking about these issues and getting them up front and planning. And that's that's going to be key to Georgia's success. So I appreciate everything they've done. Um, we got a few questions around, uh, I want to elaborate on why can't Georgia invest in rail or why, do we, why are we limited from building uh, new rail in Georgia. I know there's plans for new intermodals and others, but um, I don't know if either Representative Tanner or uh, Brandon Beach, if you could speak on um, on that issue. Yeah, um, one of the things the Georgia Constitution has a goodies clause, and and technically what that means is that uh, we cannot use taxpayer dollars to invest in the private industry. Private industry. You know, we have two class one railroads in Georgia that both serve the port um, and travel throughout the state and across the eastern seaboard, and that's CSX and North Folk Southern. Uh, those are our major uh, rail um, providers. Uh, then we have smaller systems that are called short line rails that serve specific industries across the state, and we have quite a few of those around Georgia. Uh, those are also privately held for profit uh, businesses. Now, Georgia does own a considerable amount of, of rail that's GDOT, and that's leased over to our uh, to both short lines and to Class 1 railroads. And we can spend money, and we do spend money, on upgrading that infrastructure. Uh, one of the things we're taking a look at, though, is it does there need to be changes around the gratuity clause to allow the state to do more in investing in our rail infrastructure. Uh, that's something that we're working, Chairman Beach and I are working, and Griff and others, and uh, also Commissioner McMurray with GDOT and others on this commission to address that this year. Uh, if we find that there does need to be changes, that may need to result in a constitutional amendment that would then go out to the public for consideration. Uh, but that's something we're looking at. Uh, Chairman Beach also mentioned Brad Skinner, uh, who is on the Omnitrax board, who is a major short-line rail company in the country. Uh, that owns rails here in Georgia. He's chairing that subcommittee. Uh, he is a very uh, intelligent, um, thinking outside the box type individual that I think between Griff and him and Russell, they're going to be able to come up with some pretty innovative ways to get some additional investment dollars here in Georgia by partnering with the private sector. So we hear that and we are working on that. And let me just say that I'm going to have to leave the call here in just a second. I've got another engagement, but I appreciate everything that the chamber does and look forward to continuing to partner with you as we uh, promote public awareness by important freight logistics is an additional investment in that area. All right. Thank you, Chairman Tanner. Thank you for joining us. 
I would just say this, that just to echo what he said, I, he's hit on all the points, but I would say this also, as you know, know, Norfolk Southern is moving their headquarters to Atlanta and I've met with some of their executives and they want to invest and uh, they want to invest in our state and our infrastructure. And I really do believe, as I said in my opening comments, I think we could see a railroad renaissance, if you will, of more and more uh, ability for the rail to continue to grow. Um, and, and I think they see a great opportunity uh, with the truck traffic overwhelming our system that they could they could play a part in, in growing their business. So I think you'll see more and more private investment also. All right. Thank you, Chairman Tanner. We appreciate it. And say hello to the governor for us. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'll probably just two more questions that uh, that I'll field uh, that, that keep coming up in the Q&A. I think a, a lot of it is around uh, how are we going to fund some of these initiatives, uh, which I know can be challenging. One, Representative Tanner mentioned that we've got probably a $3 billion uh, amount of, of funding that we need to do in order to kind of maintain our existing infrastructure. And we're talking about um, some additional plans. We see growth around the Port of Savannah and others in those regions. Um, especially given the way that um, I think House Bill 170 was designed, right, it was based around the gas tax and now people are driving less. So I think there's a lot of concern that maybe we're not going to realize the revenues um, that we anticipated for the initial billion dollars. Um, Senator Beach, I don't know if you can comment on the way we see revenues coming in, if we expect just a a short dip and then uh, uh, maybe things to pick back up. Well, motor fuel dollars are down right now a little bit, but they're not down as as much as we thought. People are not driving at peak times, but they're driving all day. And on weekends, they're going to their lake house or the mountains and they're driving and filling up their cars. And so we're seeing a lot of activity from that standpoint. Uh, And I do think we'll get hopefully uh, see increased traffic both at the airport and and on the roads. Um, You know, I never thought I'd say I want to see traffic, but I I do miss having a little bit of traffic. but, but I would tell you that uh, we do need to figure out how we're going to fund this. And I, I don't want to come up with a plan, a freight and logistics plan, and not be able to execute it without the funding. So it all comes down to the money, and we're going to have to figure that out. Um, but I do think there are some ways to do it, and there's some things the commissioner, and I know, Griff, you're working on. Um, and we're going to come up with a plan to execute and, um, and fund uh, – freight logistics corridors and help fund uh, the freight. One of the things that uh, the, the commissioner's already done, he's replaced three bridges from Savannah into Atlanta up the line to where they can triple stack some of these uh, rail cars now where they couldn't. I also know we're going to have to find uh, probably a billion dollars. I think we're going to have to make some improvements to that bridge down in Savannah so that uh, Griff can take those super containers. So we're either going to have to, to build a new bridge or we're going to have to tunnel underneath the river. There's talk about tunneling underneath the river. uh, And I don't know what we'll decide on that, but either way, that's going to be a billion dollar project. So we're going to have to find revenue streams to, to do that. Uh, But I think that uh, we've got to first, I think, make the case to the public that these packages don't just show up at your door, that there is a lot of work that goes into a package coming to your front door and being delivered. And, the infrastructure investment that's needed to make that happen costs money and we've got to pay for that. And I do think we will uh, figure that out and we will have a campaign to do that. Yeah. yeah, Just two comments on that. Um, One, I think I heard we could start triple stacking rail cars. I know I go to a retail supply chain conference in Phoenix 
and our other port friends in New England are so jealous that we can double and triple stack our rail cars because their bridges are too low and they just don't have the ability to do that. So they're doing single stack. Um, and Senator Pitch, I think you bring up a good point. I, I, similar to what we see in the commercial real estate market, it's much more of a, I describe it as an evolution as opposed to a revolution. I mean, an office space is just an existing infrastructure, it's just a structure, right? And so how you activate that structure is what's going to change instead of 100 square foot per person in an office cubicle and you work there nine to five Monday through Friday. Maybe it's a 300 square foot you plug in um, when you need to, or that's more about a collaborative space than others. Um, everything we're hearing more on the commercial real estate side is if you took all the existing workers that were in the office buildings, pull them out, do the new requirements and do this kind of staggered people come back into the office and outside the office, most offices would need 20% more office space than they currently have. So mm-hmm. um, it is interesting to kind of dig into the numbers and to see how the, the work atmosphere like I said, is, is evolving and adapting to the new landscape um, as opposed to a dramatic change and something we, we just can't react to. So um, I think points well taken. Um, the last comment I keep seeing come up, um, is around uh, the labor force needs. Uh, Griff, I know you see a lot of this um, uh, as it relates to a lot of the new warehouses and others that come online. We see this in South Fulton um, as well as, as in North Fulton. It's not just the tech companies and the software developers that are in need of tech-enabled tech individuals. Um, a lot of these guys working in warehouses where PDAs and others barcodes and uh, RFID technology that needs to connect and make sure we're managing the supply chain of a lot of these things. Um, And so, like you mentioned, uh, it can be challenging to find these individuals um, and the numbers that you need and and any thoughts around um, how your team or kind of your region is reacting to those challenges. I think, first of all, the workforce development issue is an issue nationwide. It's not not unique to Savannah or Atlanta, um, but it's something that we need to face head on. We thankfully in Georgia have a lot of folks coming out of the military that we take advantage of at the Georgia Ports Authority. They're great employees and, and committed. Um, so we, we're very thankful for that. I think on the warehouse and distribution side, I would have to say that, look, we there has to be some kind of shift. There are probably not enough people to satisfy the demand that's coming at us. And automation has to be you know, exploited at this time, because it's one thing if you're taking someone's job away, which that is not happening. We don't have enough people to outfit all these facilities that are being built. So I think that that our recommendation is strongly for the for the companies that are coming here. Automation can't always work. There might be different size packages. You have furniture companies, but where you have the small packages and where it can be done, you know, it might be a little bit more money up front, but in the long haul, Certainly, that's the right thing to to take to to look at to explore, and to see if that can meet the expectations of whatever companies kind of moving in. But yeah, the other types of things are, I think, as Senator Beach said, and 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 you know, uh, Representative Tanner, and that is kind of education. What is happen? What is the supply chain? How does the process work? What kind of opportunities exist within the supply chain? And gear, whether it's truck driving, whether it's warehousing, whether it's management, uh, running a facility, there's tons of opportunities. I was just a few weeks ago speaking to a, a large uh, dis- you know, company that, that is a Georgia-based company, and they were telling me the experiences that they're having and bringing in, recruiting people into the state. And uh, once people get here, they love it, but uh, we got to get them here. And so that's, that's a big challenge. 
And it's interesting that the same, I tell the cities in North Fulton, same fun facts that we were selling to, to people to come inbound to North Fulton uh, before COVID, the same things we're selling. Great communities, Absolutely. Uh, easy cost of doing business, all those same elements uh, are true. They just ring a little bit stronger and I think uh, a lot more visible to, to people that weren't open, like you said, um, to it. And I think that's part of what's driving um, our continued success. I appreciate yes. those comments. Uh, well, I think we're towards the end of our program here. Uh, I do want to just thank our panelists um, one more time. Unfortunately, we can't give you a round of applause, but maybe snaps um, <laughs> all around for joining us. And again, um, uh, just double down on, on appreciative of, of your civic and public service and your your willingness to help um, make Georgia just a great place to, to be a part of, to live um, and to grow a family. So I appreciate all that. Um, and I will turn it over to Callie, but just a shout out to Callie for um as we've all had to do quickly reorganize ourselves um, in, in addressing a COVID world and all of her programming and other things that the North Fulton Chamber was previously doing is still going on, um, which I think she'll talk about and has really dialed it up and putting together um, different committees and efforts to go above and beyond and trying to address the, the COVID-19 pandemic and what it means for the members and the community. So thank you to Callie and your leadership for, uh, for keeping the truck moving right down the road um, as if nothing happened. We appreciate that. Thank you, Samir. Great analogy with the truck down the road, by the way. Uh, as we conclude today's event, I do want to echo Samir's thanks to our impressive uh, panelists, uh, Griff Lynch with the Georgia Ports Authority, of course, Georgia Senator Brandon Beach and Georgia Representative Kevin Tanner, along with Samir Abdullahi with Select Fulton, who was an excellent moderator today. Um, we cannot offer great programs with this like this without our sponsors. I specifically want to thank uh, Wellstore North Fulton Hospital uh, for their naming sponsorship for this entire uh, annual series and the North Fulton CID for their tremendous support. Brandon mentioned how closely we get to work with each other as we cohabitate. And um, that's been really a, a benefit to both of us. I just really appreciate the CID and all their support for this program and so much else. Thank you, Senator. Thank you also to John Ray and to North Fulton Business Radio X for supporting the Greater North Fulton Chamber as our media sponsor. Thank you, John. The next Wellstar monthly event will be held virtually on October 27th when the Chamber will honor our Women Influencing Business Award winners. Special thanks to our Women Influencing Business Program naming sponsor, Verizon, our presenting sponsor, Bank of America, and our gold sponsor, Fraser and Dieter, for supporting that event. We can't wait to tell you who the winners are. And finally, don't miss out on the Chamber's biggest event. The annual Golf and Tennis Classic will be played a week from today, Tuesday, October 6th, at the Manor Golf and Country Club. Of course, you can find all of the Chamber's calendar of events at gnfcc.com for more information. Thank you all for your time today. Thank you for being with us today and um, in the future for all of our our webinars and events. I hope you have a great afternoon. We are adjourned.